Okay, welcome Kitty to No Excuses, Real Inspiration with Scott Marshall. So thank you for giving up your time to come on the show, it's a real pleasure. So just for our viewers, just give a wee brief intro of who you are and what you're currently up to. Hi, so my name is Kuti Mack. I'm a personal trainer, nutritionist, um, public speaker, and I'm also a musician, as you can see uh, with the stuff behind me. So I've worked in the music business before I got into the fitness industry, and I kind of do both now. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm out here to help people. I'm out here to help people be their best daily. The name of my fitness brand is BYBD. That's Be Your Best Daily. I like to motivate people to do exactly what they're supposed to do the best way they can do it. And before we go any further, man, I, I hear an accent that reminds me of something. So where are you from? I'm from Glasgow, based in Scotland. All right. So, so we're brothers because I was born in Glasgow, Scotland. I only stayed there for three months, moved to London shortly thereafter, had a, had a British accent, had a, had a London accent uh, till I was about five years of age, uh, came to the States, lost my accent when I was about seven, and have had this U.S. accent ever since. So... You may not have caught it coming out of my mouth, but I definitely caught it when I heard you speak. <laughs> nah, fantastic. You know, and have you been back to Glasgow or London since? Uh, yes, yes. I went um, almost 10 years ago. I went almost 10 years ago for my 40th birthday because um, I still have family in London. I don't have any family in Scotland, um, but I did want to just see because I had not been back to Glasgow since I was born there, since I left as, yeah. a, as a baby. So I wanted to see... Um, I wanted to see where I was born, just see all that kind of stuff. And then from there, we hung out in Edinburgh and um, did a lot of time there. Because my mother said, make sure that you you do Edinburgh. You got to do that. So we spent most of our time in Edinburgh. But we did go to Scotland. We did we did go to, I'm sorry, to Glasgow. We did go where I was born. Um, now it's condominiums. It used to be a, a, a hospital when I, was, when I was a baby. But now it's all condominiums. And uh, so, yeah, I have been back to answer your question. Yes. And I, and I have a kilt. All right, okay. What color is it? Um, I got it neutral because I wasn't sure what what, what our tort was, what our tartan was. So I got it. It's um black, gray, and white. Yeah, okay. And uh, you know, and I got my flash and all. I got everything. Like like not just <laughs> not just. I got everything. <laughs> and you know, I couldn't believe when you said there that you know, ten years ago for your forty fifty, you don't look a day over thirty. So. <laughs> Hey, man, you know, what I do works. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we're going to go way back to, you know, the younger years of yourself okay. um, school activities. So sporting activities, what were you involved in? Well, of course, as a, as, a, as a kid from the UK, soccer was always going to be the first thing I was going to do. Um, soccer is big in the family. My father's Nigerian. My mother's of Nigerian descent. Her family's in the UK. And so soccer was my main sport. It was my first sport when I was about eight years old, seven or eight years old. I started playing soccer and played it pretty much the duration of my life up until I went to university. Um, I also played a little bit of football, played a little bit of basketball, ran track. So track was probably my second best sport. Those are soccer and track are probably the sports I was the best at. And um, but I, but I was I've been virtually a lifelong athlete. Like the, the habits that I gained uh, back when I was eight nine years old, they stuck with me for my throughout my entire life through all walks of whatever I was doing, whether it was going to school, whether it was doing music. You know, it was always a of the background of anything I did and also nutrition. Although I would say that the way I eat now is way more nutritious than the way I used to eat. 
the way I used to eat was deemed nutritious compared to the people that were around me. And I was one of those kids that didn't necessarily like cola. I, I definitely didn't like caffeine. I still don't. Uh, you know, and this is stuff when I was a child. I would just, you know, they, we'd have Coca-Cola and I would just pour it out in the sink and my father would want to <laughs> kill me. So I'd just take two beers and just dump it out. Like, no caffeine. And my dad was like, what are you doing? So, so, so I, um, but, but the thing was, as a child, the way I perceived it was this. Uh, in, in around the time I turned about 10 years old, I remember I started seeing products coming to the market, like caffeine-free Coke, ca caffeine-free Pepsi, stuff like that. So I thought, well, I didn't even think about the fact that there was caffeine in these sodas to start with, right? And then you're telling me that you're selling it to me without caffeine. So that means that caffeine must be a bad thing if you would take it out. So yeah. that was the way I processed it was like, if you are willing to sell this to me without caffeine in it then why should i buy it with why should i deal with caffeine in the first place so anytime i saw something that said caffeine in the ingredients i'll just trash it <laughs> nah fantastic and for yourself what about you know growing up so you men mentioned you played a lot of sport so was there any challenges involved there oh man there were a lot of challenges the first challenge that comes to mind when i think about sports was by the time I was 11, by the time I was 11, I was supremely confident in my athletic abilities. I typically was at least my, my biggest, I'll say my biggest sports superpower was speed back then. I was yeah. always the fastest guy. In some instances, I was amongst the strongest. I was definitely durable. I didn't get hurt much in terms of like hard tissue injuries. Um, structural injuries. I didn't break bones and I ran fast. And I, so that said, I, every sport I had tried out for at that point in my life, I made the team. I was known as an athletic person amongst my peers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, in the States, you know, we have baseball, you know, right. And so, and so I had never played baseball, but a bunch of my friends were playing baseball. Um, the baseball season was coming. I want to say basketball season had just ended. So I was like, you know what? I've got nothing better to do. I'm going to go out for the baseball team. And I went out for the baseball team. I had no idea what I was doing. None. <laughs> but, but, you know, I just figured I'm cootie, right? So if I'm cootie, yo, I'm making the team. So I go for the tryouts and, um, you know, they, and they would have the first selection where they would, you know, cut who, who, who they don't want. And they have the first selection and they have the second selection. So first selection, first cuts are posted. And I remember distinctly telling my mom, like, don't, don't worry about picking me up after school because I'm, I'm going to have baseball practice. So I went, so they had, they posted the first cuts and I went to the, to the board and I'm looking and I don't see my name, but I figured it had to be a mistake. So I went to practice anyway. When I get to practice, the coaches were some of the teachers in the school. So they knew who I was. Yeah. And when they saw me, I could see them kind of looking sort of confused. And, and I was just, now I'm there and I'm, you know, hey, what, what, what do we do next, coach? And they were like, why are you here? And I said, I'm here to play baseball. And they said, but didn't you see, like, they're trying to be delicate with me. They're like, yeah, didn't yeah. you see the, the list? Like, did you see the list? I said, yeah, there was some mistake that, you know, my name wasn't on it, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Let's, let's continue. And they were like, you didn't make the team. Now, in all fairness, I shouldn't have made the team at all. I had no reason to make the team, but I was so athletically arrogant. I just presumed I did. And my ego was shattered. And I saw guys that in other sports 
wouldn't hold a candle to me. But they were there and they made the team and I didn't. And that was one of the first lessons I learned about uh, showing up isn't always enough. Yeah. You know, you actually have, have to have some skill. You have to have some acumen. You have to have, you have to be a value to whoever is evaluating you. Sometimes you might be able to, like I've played on teams, for instance, like, like basketball teams. I played on basketball teams and, and in all fairness, basketball is not my best sport. Um, but there are teams where I would play on these teams and I would be more athletic than somebody that would start over me. But that person knew the plays better. That person was more disciplined in what their role was. I was more just athletic and could just clean up my messes and clean up what I didn't know by being athletic and being fast. And, but this guy knew what he was doing, even though he wasn't as athletic. And because of that, the coach favored him. Oh, and so there are times where you'll find that you'll be like, well, I'm good or I'm great even. Why am I not getting the same shot that this person is? And it just might not be that that's your place. So these are challenges that sports taught me early. I'll tell you another challenge that sports taught me early was, and I just was thinking about this yesterday. I did not play on a team that had a winning record. I mean, I didn't play on teams that even won games for like the first third of my entire athletic career. So for like three or four years straight, I'd go out, try out, make the team, get my uniform, practice, go to games, train, go to games. And we would just lose and lose and lose and lose. And showing up every year to lose was really challenging. But I'll tell you this, the, I'm, I'm realizing this as I'm telling it to you. So my cousin and I, we were both like the two, um, we were both very athletic, okay? So equally yeah. athletic, equally, equally athletic. And so when we showed up, it was always like, oh, there's those two, right? And so we were both on this losing team. When he came to the team, we started at least scoring goals and, you know, but we still would lose games. Yeah. But, but, but before we would just get shut out. So here I am scoring goals now. I'm starting to, you know, look like the athlete, but no wins in the column. But what I, what I realized was when our season was over, the coach of the older team said, hey, look, you two come with me. Now that your season is over there, you're going to come and play with us. And we were playing with guys three, four years our senior now. So we were playing with the high school team, you know, as, when we were in middle school. And they, so what I'm saying is that even when you're losing sometimes, if you perform your best, you never know who's watching that will say, hey, look, the reason why you guys are losing because you're on a bad team. Let me pull you to be on my team and now watch you win. And then we were playing with these big guys, but we were, we were succeeding now. We were winning games. And once okay. you taste victory, you learn how to repeat and, and, and replicate victory. You know, so that's the thing. So even when you're in a, in a mode where it seems like you're losing, still be your best, still do your best because you never know who's watching and who's going to at the right time elevate you and put you in a position where you can then. No, go. definitely. And, and that was a great example because if you watch, obviously, um, any team sports and you take away certain players from that team and the team doesn't perform as well, and then they bring somebody else in, and then boom, the team's up there again. You know, it's you know the, the player trading model. And the interesting thing about that is, it's not like the people who are on that team while it was losing are horrible because the, 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 when we're talking about the sports that we watch, 
all of those guys are better than us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I tell people all the time, the worst professional team will mop the floor with most of us, you know? <laughs> so to see how the levels, you know, that's yeah. another thing that sports taught me was that the levels of, of, of ability and competition, you know, it's amazing. It's humbling. Cause sometimes you think you you've done everything you can do and then you get on, you get on that starting line or you get on the pitch together. And it's like, some guys, sometimes you just outmatched. Sometimes you just get beat, you know, and, uh, and, and, it, and it is, it is wild because I remember again, talking about athletic arrogance. I remember sometimes what, you know, sizing people up just on site, see a guy and be like, oh, I'm faster than him. I'm stronger than him, or, or I'll score on that guy. <laughs> and then the whistle blows, and you find out, no, no, no. <laughs> nah, you had to work for this. So, you know, you, in, in those instances, if you're lazy about your training and lazy about your discipline, you can get caught off guard and you can lose when really, you know, what you should have done is be more prepared. No, definitely. And, you know, it's that old saying, like, ah, yeah, um, you know, you can have the best team against the worst team on paper but on the on the day the team who thinks they're the better i will just turn up and then the the little team wins you know yeah and you and that's the thing that's the beauty of sports i think it's one of the few things still in life with everything on demand and every, all these things going on sports is one of the few true dramas where you never know like it's like i'll you know watching american football the other night and i mean this one game, 25 points were scored in less than two minutes. I mean, <laughs> the game just was going back. And you thought, okay, that's it. The game is over. It's 50 seconds left. The other team scored. Oh, no, that's it. It's 13 seconds left. The other team scored. You're just like, this is insane. So you never know. That's why you play the game. That's why you can't just take anything for granted. You know, until you see 0.00, .00 hey, you got to give it all you got. No, nah, definitely. And obviously, you mentioned earlier, um, you're a musician and you know nutritionist personal trainer okay so let's talk about how you made the transitions from music to being involved with personal training so as i mentioned you know fitness and nutrition were habits of mine they, they you know i've been an athlete for so long that it doesn't even make sense like i i can't sit still but for so long before i have to at least go to the gym or take a run or do something because that's just, it's, it's, it's in my blood at this point. Yeah. So when I was working, I've done the, I've, I've held a bunch of titles in the music industry and um, one of them was manager. And so I was a manager, a tour manager and, um, and a co-manager of an act and we were traveling and uh, it got to a point where the act had hit a stalemate because there was some, contract negotiations going on we had no new records out so we had so we our activity slowed down and in management you get paid by commission it's not a salary job so if the artist isn't moving around you're not getting any you're not getting any money as a manager yeah and so anytime in my life that I have found myself where my finances are even remotely in question I I always make sure that I'm healthy because I've learned, especially in the United States, is a very expensive venture to be unhealthy in the United States. Yes. It costs a lot of money to be sick here. So the one thing I don't want to do is spend money on something that I can control. 
So in that instance, I just started, you know, getting really serious, you know, more so serious than habitual about my, my fitness and my nutrition. Again, people around me always associated me with being healthy. So if a friend or a neighbor or, or a music industry executive that I was cool with was interested in getting healthy, they come to me yeah. or they'd be referred to me. Oh, you should talk to Kuti. You know, he'll tell you, he'll tell you what you need to eat. He goes to the gym. I tend to work out by myself. So if, if I had the opportunity to work with somebody, you know, or have somebody come with me rather, then it's, 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 it keeps it interesting, right? Yeah. So I had no problem bringing people to the gym with me. I honestly wasn't training a soul. I just would say, okay, these are the exercises that I do. So if you want to do the exercises I do, you can. And they would do them. The problem was the personal trainers that were in the gym, they would see me. And they would see me, they would see me exercising with these people. And what's worse was their clients would see me and their clients would hit them and say, hey, how come we've never done that move? How come I don't look like that guy? So then what would happen is these gyms that I had memberships to, they would approach me, management would approach me and say, hey, look, man, you can't train in here. You, you know, we've got trainers, you're, you're, you're problematic. You know, you can't just come here and start training people. And I said, I'm not training anybody. I'm just, I'm just exercising. Yeah. And I have people who exercise with me. They're like, nah, come on, man. We know. And I was like, look, I swear on everything. I am not, I'm just, I work out by myself or I bring friends with me, but you know, I, I'm not, I'm not training anyone. Yeah. Then finally, one of the trainers was somebody I knew from university. And he came to me, and said, he said, you know, everybody in the gym is talking about you. Right. And I said, I said, yeah, but I don't understand it. They keep harassing me, you know, and trying to kick me out and it's not fair. And he said, you're not a trainer. And I said, no. And he goes, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, and I was like, what, what are you talking about? And he, and, he, and he was the first person who ever put a monetary price to what I was doing. He said, look, if you charge ABC dollars, I see you come in here three times a week with four different people. So that would be boom, 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 times boom, 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 boom. And I saw a number that was legitimate money. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, wait, you mean that's, and he said, and he said, you're already doing it. You should just do it. So I still thought, you know what, you can't be serious. Plus, I honestly didn't think that being a personal trainer was legitimately lucrative in a career sense. Yeah. I thought it was seasonal work for young guys who just look good and, you know, come to the gym like a lifeguard. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, you know, cause I, you know, I came from this industry. So yeah. I'm thinking like, nah, that's, that can't be, mm. And then one of my other friends from university, a separate friend, we were just having lunch. And he also is in music business. Um, Frank Moyne, I got to say his name. I always talk about him. I never mention his name. Frank Moyne. He was an incredible trainer. He was doing incredibly well, but he also works in music. So we had a lot of things in common. And uh, we were just talking over lunch one day. And he started talking to me about, um, about his business, how it was doing, and how much he thought that I could do well with it. So he, he says it, you know, my lady at the time kind of voted for it as well. And so with their encouragement, I jump in and I give it a shot. Um, I got certified because I wanted to make sure I was legit, yeah. not just some hack. And I, and I got a legit certification and, you know, had this long, huge test, you know how it is. And I got it done. And then once I started, I started training. And this was all while I was still waiting for my artist that I was managing. Yeah pick up his business. And so as I'm training, I start catching a buzz really fast. You know, people just start talking about me, clientele just started 
you know, booming clients are getting incredible results. And also I became one of the it trainers in, in the DC area. And um, to be honest, I just haven't looked back since then, <laughs> you know, nah, fantastic. Um, you know, um, it's, it's been an interesting era with COVID. Yeah. Because with COVID, you know, cause I was training people in person and with COVID that had to stop, but I pivoted immediately to tra train people virtually. And I also developed a program called the Six Week Super You, which is a 12-week program that helps educate people on, on how to live, a, how to build and maintain a healthy lifestyle. So I work with you for a span of like three months, every single day, virtually. And I, I, get you, I get you locked in on nutrition. I get you locked in on exercises. I get you locked in on education. So you understand how it all works together. Yeah. And every single day you get information from me for the course of like 12 weeks. And even though it's called the Six Week Super You, and, um, and it's worked. I mean, it's, I'm humbled by the results that people are having with it. It's allowed me to duplicate myself and train more people than I ever would be able to if I was still running from house to house to gym to yes. gym. And, um, and like I said, most importantly, it's just helping people. I mean, I'm so humbled by the people who legitimately have switched. And I mean, it's one of those programs that is designed for people who are successful in everything else they do. Yeah. You know, like they, they're successful family people, they're successful business people, they're successful at everything they do in life. But the one thing they can't turn the corner on is a healthy lifestyle. And some of these people have actually had healthy lifestyles in the past, which makes it even more challenging to them because they know they've been healthy before. And they look in the mirror, they don't see the person that they used to see, or they see themselves on social media and they go, I, I can't believe this is what I look like now, you know, yeah. especially given the pandemic where people weren't moving around as much as they used to or going to the gym or even just being as active. I was talking to someone the other day who was just saying how they realized how much extra walking they were doing when they were going to work because they would park, they'd walk from their car up the stairs to their office, they'd walk to lunch. So they had like, you know, some people measure those steps on those digital machines. Yeah. They'll be like, I, I got 8,000 steps just going to work. And now here I am sitting at home walking from computer to the fridge computer to the fridge and so I'm gaining weight I'm not I'm not active and so people who have found themselves just not feeling looking being themselves knowing what their best used to look like and they've tried things they've tried you know certain diet plans or certain exercise routines and I love people who have done what they can do on their own because then they know when they get the results from me they know these results are real because they tried something else in the past you know, I'm not one of those people that's, that thinks that I'm the only method, but what I do know is that my method works. <laughs> I love that. I love that saying. And you obviously, you touched on the point there, Cutie, uh, that, you know, about the pandemic. Um, so for yourself, you, you built a brand. Effectively, you took your, your business online. But on a personal level, how did you cope with the pandemic? So honestly, the, the, the pandemic brought a lot of stressors, um, just being 100% honest. You know, it was stressful on everybody because you figured like the, like the world was under stress. The yeah. world was put in a situation that, it, that we as modern human beings of our generation had never even seen. Anything that they were referring to was remotely like this was something that happened a hundred years ago. Yeah. You know, the black, the black plague or something. You know, yeah. we're talking about the stuff that, you know, you should just read about in old books. And here we are dealing with this thing now. And so there were stressors. And so for me, I had to find my center in the midst of all these stresses because here's the, here's the interesting thing about COVID. There are stressful situations that have occurred over the last year, year and a half in life, not just for me, but for everybody that would have occurred anyway. 
You know, I mean, I literally not to be not to be doom and gloom, but I literally right before we logged on, I just just got a text that a friend of mine just died. Oh, I'm sure to hear that. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. Rest in peace, Joe. So 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 what I'm saying is that some of these things would have happened anyway. Yeah. And then you add COVID to it and you add the inability to mourn the way you normally would. I, I had a cousin that passed away in London. I couldn't go to a funeral. Yeah. I had to watch it online, you know? Um, and, 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 and so, you know, these things are happening. So you have to really fortify yourself. And the one thing that we don't hear enough of, especially in the United States, when it comes down to handling COVID, uh, and I'm not here to, you know, preach one way or the other about, you know, vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. But what I am saying is that, COVID makes sure that it takes advantage of the least healthy people first. Yeah. Like the first people who are like the first ones to go were the ones who already had underlying health conditions. And so being healthy is, is so important because before we even knew what a COVID was, these, you know, if, if we had been fortifying ourselves, some of us may not have been as susceptible to it. Yeah. That's yeah. one. Another thing that, that exact that's exacerbated by COVID, but also destroys us health-wise is stress. So learning how to deal with stress, learning how to cope with stress, learning how to manage stress, these are things that really we need to be, we need to pay keen attention to and, and not to not to go on my sales pitch again, but the six-week super you program that I developed, there's a whole two-week module strictly devoted to food, exercise, and methodologies that help you cope with stress. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in the six-week super you that's watching or listening to us, just hit me up on my um, DM. Go to Instagram, find me at K-U-T-I-M-A-C-K, or go to uh, Facebook, BYBD Fitness, and just hit me up in the direct messages. Tell me that you heard me here, and I'll make sure you get a discount. That's just, that's just, that's just if, you, if you're hearing this and this is speaking to you, that's what I'm saying. But in terms of dealing with COVID, I had to learn how to deal with stress a lot better. Yeah. One thing that COVID helped me do, because I wasn't bouncing around from gym to gym all over the place anymore, I didn't have to get up as early anymore because I'm training people directly from my home. So I was able to sleep a little bit longer because that's the worst part of my whole fitness regimen. I'll be the first one to admit, I... <laughs> for most of my life have not gotten enough sleep. I'm talking waking, you know, going to bed at midnight, 1230, waking up at 3am and it's yes. gone. <laughs> and the only reason that I even remotely can maintain looking like this or, or being healthy is because I just stayed on top of my nutrition game more than the average person. Yeah. But at some point that's going to run out of gas. You, can, you, you can't just be going three hours of sleep every night for 15 <laughs> years. And so, and so COVID fortunately, Fortunately, in my case, because I haven't, you know, I haven't succumbed to COVID yet, or, you know, uh, COVID gave me two hours extra sleep. Nah, good. You know, um, so now I sleep a little bit better. Nah, fantastic. And, you know, you, you touched on the point um, anxiety and stress related. So let's talk about your own personal opinion on activities, exercise and mental health. Yes. So yeah, your mindset is actually pretty, uh, is obviously an important component to your fitness regimen. But I'm one of those people that honestly looks at the science first. A lot of times people are, are, approach their mindset when it comes to fitness and nutrition as this game of mental warfare, this mental battle. When, when they, and when they 
And when they don't eat well, oh, I was weak. I don't have willpower. When they don't exercise, something's wrong with me. I'm in a funk. And what I'm telling people is even the way you feel, follow me on this one, even the way you feel is a biological reaction. Because the way you feel is governed by your nervous system. You smell, touch, taste, all that kind of stuff. That, that's biology, right? Yeah. Your hormones send a signal that say, grow hair, you know, sweat, build muscle, burn fat. Those are all biological constructions. When you feel like you got to eat something, it's because something has triggered you saying that we need more fuel. So we're biological creatures, first and foremost. We can argue about the spirituality of human beings. We can talk about that. I think that's another discussion. But in terms of when we're talking about fitness and mindset, what I'm telling you is that if you fix yourself nutritionally first as your foundation, you'll all of a sudden see that your mindset will improve. Because once your cells have the fuel they need, once your cells have clean superfoods going through your system, once your body's oxid oxidized with you know, all, the, all the oxygen and antioxidants and nutrition and there's no, and there's no inflammation and, and your cells are communicating clearly and your hormones are doing what they're supposed to do and you don't have excess fat in your system, all of a sudden your body does what it's supposed to do. It looks the way it's supposed to look. It feels the way it's supposed to feel. So this isn't magic or hocus focus. This is literally science. Give yourself clean superfoods, and what will happen is your body will start to do some of these things. I've had so many people who never even became a client of mine, but just got one bit of advice from me for, uh, regarding nutrition. A bit of advice that I'll give anybody for free that's listening to this show, by the way. They just, just, just direct message me and tell me that you heard me here. But I give people one bit of nutrition advice. And that one bit of nutrition advice, without them going to any gym, without them lifting one weight, without them taking one run, all of a sudden, they'll find themselves in 11 days. Wow, I, I can wear those jeans I was trying to wear. Oh, man, I, I slept like a baby last night because their nutrition is, in, in, is intact. So when it comes to mindset, I'm still going to bring it back to the biology. I'm still going to bring it back to nutrition because nutrition, when you do that, you set the table for everything else to be able to move forward. You give, you give, you give the positive energy, the positive vibe. You give your health and your mindset a good foothold. Yeah. And, you know, you, you spoke about their nutrition. So after a workout, what's your go-to? What's your favorite snack or drink that you, that you prefer? That's a really good question because a lot of people ask me about pre-workout, post-workout. Um, I'll be honest, water is one of the things I just kind of keep all, all around me all the time. And um, I'm not a huge eater before or after workouts. Before workouts, I don't like eating much because I just feel like it upset, upsets my stomach. Yeah. But I'll tell you one hack. If you don't have an allergy to nuts, one really simple hack that will help you either pre or post workout is taking a spoonful of your favorite nut butter, whether it's peanut butter, almond butter, because in that tablespoon, you'll get about six, I think about four to six grams of protein in just that one tablespoon. That's a lot of protein. You give yourself that much protein, what will happen is your body won't crave any food. Your body will have building blocks to continue to, to burn fat and build muscle, and you'll feel really satiated as soon as you're done. Um, if, you're, if, you're not, if you're not a vegan and don't have an aversion to dairy, um, Greek yogurt is another easy post-workout or pre-workout deal. Fruit is always in play for me. You know, I'm always good to grab an apple, typically after I work out. Yeah, no, fantastic. And Obviously, um, you mentioned that 
you you were going to the gym, you know, you were training three times a week. But what's your current schedule? What you what's your current goals? My current goals? Yeah. Oh man, that's a great question. So I my current goals are to be photo photographically ready. Like right now, I think I look decent. You know, I look good on you know camera, little little you know, little video. But like to be in a still photo that's gonna last forever, there's a level of I don't want there to be one bad angle. I don't want there to be when I, my, my last photo shoot I did had some really great pictures, but there were a couple angles I looked at and I was just like, eh, not quite it. Now. These are these are first world problems, you know. I, I don't I don't want to sound, you know, like you know, like if I had to go to the beach and take my shirt off, I'd be fine. But I'm saying, you know, you know, for an image that's going to last forever, you kind of want to nail it. So I want to be photo ready probably in the next um, month. So I'd like to cut probably two, almost three percent body fat. Yeah. Um, it's a lot easier for me to to get that way if I'm about six pounds lighter than I am now. Okay. Um, so six pounds, 3% body fat would probably be my, my goal. On long-term goal, I just wanna be viable. I wanna have activity of my limbs. I wanna have um, flexibility. I wanna be able to move any way I want to move or choose to move without there being any kind of thought, grunt, groan, squeak or crack i just want to be able to get up and go you know i'll be 50 in may and um and i want to hit 50 running like a gazelle so um you know that that's that's my intention that's i wake up every day you know aimed at that goal now fantastic and you mentioned earlier about your sleeping pattern how you are only you know living on three hours sleep but do you have any other bad habits that you currently have? um it's a really great question. I'm, I'm far from perfect. I would say that uh, I'm a sugar addict. It doesn't mean I partake in it all the time, but if I go in, woo, I go in. <laughs> um, now, I will say this though, nutrition, that nutritional advice I told you that I could give people that, that check in with me on DM, when you're on that nutritional program, sugar cravings almost totally eradicated, just gone. And so um, fortunately, when you're on that program, what happens is anytime you start to veer off program, your body will tell you. Like, let's say you drink, you drink something, you know, that has just too much sugar in it. Your body would be like, oof, that was really sweet. Or yeah. your body might enjoy the first sip. First sip will be like, man, lemonade, that was delicious. Yeah. Second sip, it'll be like, you can't even taste it. It's just sweet. That's when your body's telling you you've had enough. You know, typically when you have sugar, carbs, things of that nature, your it, they turn off your internal on switch. I'm sorry, they turn on your off switch. So in other words, if you're eating chips, you just keep eating chips. If you're eating rolls, you just keep eating rolls, right? Yeah. You know, if, if you're eating candy, you just keep eating candy. Not because you're hungry, you just, you'll just eat out, of eat out of compulsion. But if you're drinking water, unless you're super thirsty and it's so hot outside and you just worked out, even in those cases, there's the, but so much water you'll drink before you'll just stop. Yeah. No one has ever gotten a bowl, you know, a bowl, a bag of four pounds of celery and just said, I can't stop eating this celery, man. It's just, <laughs> you know, you'll eat some celery. And then when you've had enough, you've had enough. You'll eat some broccoli. When you've had enough, you've had enough. There's no such thing when it comes to bread. There's no such thing when it comes to chips. 
You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because carbs and sugars, we're addicted to them. So what I'm saying is when you're on your nutrition program, it's a lot easier to just say no. But when I'm off my nutrition program and someone presents, you know, some kind of dessert, I like, I love chocolate. Oh my God. I love chocolate. Love, <laughs> love, 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 love chocolate. So, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to say no, but I know that I'm on my fitness game when I can see chocolate and go, eh, maybe next time. Yeah. And you know, the next question, um, you may have a, a list as long as you're at them or, or longer, um, but we'll try and limit the, okay. so we'll, go, we'll go for three on this. So your own personal pet hates within health and fitness. My personal hacks? No, personal pet hates. So the things that you, you hate to see within a gym environment. Oh, God, like things I hate to see in yeah. fitness. In terms of the business or? Yeah, no, no, just, just your own. So imagine you've went into the gym and you were going to do a certain exercise and you rock up and there is some young guy sitting there just. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I, I hate seeing improper form um, because you can injure yourself. Like when somebody's bench pressing and they've got their back all off the bench and it's just their shoulders and their, their tailbone and their back is arching and they're doing all this yes. stuff. It's like, you know what, if I took off two thirds of that weight and had you do it properly, you probably wouldn't even get three reps in. So I, I don't, I hate seeing improper form. I, it, it's, it, you know, I, I, cause people can injure themselves, you know, and yeah. nothing's worse than injuring yourself while you're trying to improve yourself because then what happens is you can't work out at all right so yeah. now the very thing that you wanted to do you stopped yourself from doing and then you're kind of discouraged about doing it or you might have injured yourself to the point where you can't even do those exercises anymore so my thing is you know i hate seeing people use too much weight and i hate seeing people use incorrect form um <laughs> i hate people that talk me to death in the gym <laughs> like you know look man i'm in and out I, I i you know yeah if i'm in the gym more than 59 minutes i wasted time doing something somewhere and honestly i don't even i mean maybe on a day off on vacation on holiday you might find me in the gym for an hour I'm, i get in there i can get everything done in 30 minutes and be done i mean really i've got workouts in my program my six weeks yeah. for you that only take four minutes and you're worked out completely yeah. like well, completely worked out four minutes done so i mean it doesn't have to take a long time so i don't like spending a whole bunch of time in the gym, but uh, yeah, but bad form, bad form irks me because I try hard not to get in everybody else's business because I don't want to be that guy. Because, <laughs> yeah. You know, you should do this, that, but sometimes it's just like, man, this guy's going to hurt himself, you know, yeah. or this lady's, this lady's going to really, you know, uh, this lady's going to put herself in a bad way. And that, that's tough for me to see. Yeah. Okay. And obviously you mentioned uh, you're very healthy. You're about to oh, I forgot one more. Okay. Hygiene. Hygiene. I hate bad gym hygiene. Clean up behind yourself, man. Don't just, you know, just, just get on a, a bench and it's all sweaty. You just leave it there or just pick up weights and you just throw them out of order or don't put them back where you came from or you don't rack the plate. Man, clean up after yourself. Leave the place better than you found it. Like, don't, I'm, I'm all about clean. Before there was a COVID, before any of that stuff, I had the wipes, disinfectant because yeah. I just did not want anybody getting sick or catching a staph infection because they were training with me. So I was always fastidious about cleaning. So for me, that was one thing that the COVID the COVID hacks, I was already doing all that stuff. You know, I, yeah. I was doing all that stuff anyway, you know, it, so it wasn't really a hard transition 
to answer one of your older questions, it wasn't really a hard transition for me once COVID hit because I was already really fastidious about cleaning. But yeah, I, yeah, I hate messy gym. <laughs> nah, and obviously, so you're going to turn 50 this year in May. But if I put it in another context, how old do you feel? Man, I will say this. The last two and a half years of my life have had some serious legitimate stressors. Okay. And halfway through last year, I started feeling for the first time in my life, oh, this might be what, this might be what getting old feels like. <laughs> because the stressors aside, my body just started kind of betraying me in ways that I just didn't know. Yeah. Or appreciate or wasn't familiar with. But I rededicated myself. I literally looked at myself and said, okay, if you were your newest client, what would you tell you to do? And I started doing it, no matter how rudimentary it seemed. It started with nutrition. And I started doing, I started really rededicating myself nutritionally. As I mentioned, I started getting a little bit more sleep on purpose. Yeah. And I started stretching again. Stretching was something that I used to do uh, I used to do sort of reflexively when I was out and about training because I was in gyms moving around. But when I started training from home, I was in this kind of paradigm. I was sitting in front of a screen. And one day I looked at myself as I was training a client. I just looked at myself, you know, at my image, not theirs. And I, was, and I saw myself I was like, wow, you're just sitting down. And it dawned on me that I've been sitting for almost a year and a half in a, in a, in a realm where yeah. I usually am standing and moving around. Yeah. So I took the chair put it clear across the room and said, I'm not sitting anymore. And just standing, I started stretching with my clients. So instead of just telling them and struggling them, I started stretching along with them. And then that coupled with the rest and the nutrition. And I will say now, now I feel better than ever. Yeah, nah, fantastic. And if you can pinpoint one exercise that's your favorite to do, what would that be? My absolute favorite exercise is a tie. It's a tie. Okay. Um, any kind of pull-up, chin-up variation, that's my go-to exercise bar none. But my, but my favorite exercise, actually, I know. My favorite exercise is an exercise that one of the people that I've always idolized when it came to fitness, Bruce Lee, the martial arts legend, yeah. he had this move called the dragon flag. And are you familiar with it? Uh, no. So it's a core exercise. So you'd lie on a bench, you'd grab the bench by your head, you'd lift. So if this was your head, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd lift, you'd lift your entire body up yeah. Yeah, so. and then you lower your body perfectly straight. So your, your, yeah. your hips back, not on the, on the bench, you lower. And then just yeah. before you, you hit the bench, lift everything back up. So your body's in a straight line. Yeah. Google it or YouTube it, the dragon flag. That is my absolute favorite core exercise. And I'll tell you this, when you do it successfully, People notice. <laughs> and if you could pinpoint your worst exercise, the, the one that you don't really like. Okay, I, that's easy. Running. I hate running. <laughs> um, I ran track as, you know, I ran track as a high school student, um, uh, but I was a sprinter. Yeah. I tried to sprint maybe about, oh, gosh, man, third, fifth, nine, 10 years ago. I just said, let me just go sprinting again. Let me tell you something. Adults don't sprint. 
<laughs> you're not in the habit of sprinting, don't just jump in and try to sprint. I pulled every muscle from the waist down and I was, and I was humbled by it. And so the only thing I could do was jog because there's only your groin and your hamstring don't heal any other way than rest. So I had to just jog. So I started jogging, jogged about one mile, then it became 1.2, then it became 1.5. Then I started running 5Ks competitively. Um, started doing well with it, to be honest, for my age group. Um, my, my 5K time stinks now, though. I'm getting, that's the one thing that reminds me I'm getting old. My 5K time and my eyesight. But I digress. Um, but running, I cannot stand to do. However, there is no exercise for me personally that gets me in shape faster in terms of my body fat and just recalibrating my joints and everything than running. Yeah. So I'll say this, I hate running, but I run avidly because what I love is the results. Yeah. I hate running. I love the results. If I, I I'm talking, I, if I don't lift a weight from now till kingdom come, as long as I still run with regularity, yeah, I'll still look and feel like this. Okay. So you would call it a, a love hate relationship. Now, that's a hate-hate relationship. The only thing I love about it is the results. <laughs> I hate running, man. I'll do it, but anytime you see me running or hear about me running, know that I'm doing it just because of the results. I hate it. <laughs> and when you're in training, uh, do you listen to music at all? Oh, of course, man. Music is, yeah. music is my life, man. Music is my absolute life. Okay. So what's your go-to music, uh, you know? Obviously, if you're doing a hit session or if you're in lifting weights, what's your go-to beat? Man, um, right now, I'm a huge Anderson Pack fan. I've been, I've been aware of him for a long time since he was like Breezy Lovejoy, independent artist, early, 2000, early 2010s. Um, now he's teamed up with Bruno Mars, incredible pop star, another guy yeah. that I like. And um, they're my favorite current artists. Um, all time, Prince is my favorite artist. Uh, he's just was the the best, the greatest, you know, of my generation and even after. Um, so somewhere in between there, you'll always find something. I love all kinds of music. As long yeah. as it's good music, I'm down for it. So I'm always keeping my ears open for, you know, what's new, what's what's going on. And, you know, every day you live, it just makes your catalog bigger if you're collecting music. I mean, I yeah. wish I could show you. I've got thousands i mean thousands of records thousands <laughs> of cds like like you know i've been collecting music my entire life and, yeah. and it's, it's i love music i love music i love to create it i love to listen to it i love to help market promote it like you know music is my life and so it is always great especially now in the streaming era you know you can you can if you know how to look you can find a lot of stuff you can discover things yeah. and um i'll uh, it's rare that you'll be the only reason there's no music playing right now is just because I want to make sure that everybody can hear me. But I just have music playing all the time. Now, if I tell, I'll tell people this if you ever find yourself just in the dumps, in the doldrums, pull up your favorite artist or your favorite era or your favorite kind of actually your favorite artist or your favorite song and just put it on, just let it play. And you'll be amazed how even no matter how mad, sad, or angry or hurt you want to be, you'll be amazed at how your spirit just automatically lifts up. And that's why I love music so much, because music hits us in a space that nothing else I can think of that a human being has created can affect us in the same way. Yeah. There's a song that you know, if you want to be, I'm going to hit this workout, you know yeah. what song to go to. If there's a song where you want to just chill you know a song to go to. If it's a song you want to be romantic with, you know a song to go to. If it's a song where you're just pissed off, 
you know what's on the go to. And here, check this out. Let's say, God forbid, let's just say something just struck you deaf and blind right now. You couldn't hear, you couldn't see. And you think of your favorite song, you can still hear it. Yeah. Loud and clear. I still don't understand that quite. You know what I mean? But yeah. lots, like, just like, what's your favorite song? My favorite song? Oof. I've got a big catalog, but my go-to um, when I'm training is like throwback uh, punk rock. So, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe Sum 41, Into Deep, you know, that's my... <laughs> right. So we get a Sum 41 record, right? Think of your favorite Sum 41 song right now. Just think about it for a second. Okay. Think about the first verse. You can hear it, right? Oh, oh totally. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, that's the wildest thing. Like, you know, I just gave you that song. You see, you see what I'm saying? That's why music is so amazing to me. Okay. And, you know, if we put it in another context, so you're, you're halfway through your workout, your favorite track is playing, but your playlist mucks up and puts the worst type of music that wants you to walk out that gym door. What would that be? The worst music for me to walk out of the gym door. I am somebody that can work out to almost any kind of music, but I'll tell you this. I trained at a gym that had a lot of old people in it, right? Okay. And I love old people. Let me be clear. Love old people. You learn a lot just listening to people who have been here before all of this gadgetry existed. It's amazing. But somehow this woman had complained that, you know, she didn't like the music that was in the gym. So they put it. So anytime she came in, they would change it to whatever she liked. And I want to say the music was something akin to like classical. Okay. And those were the longest hours of my life. Like <laughs> I, it'd be 45 minutes, she'd be in the gym and I'd be like, God, you could just like, and I, and it's, it, you know, I love all kinds of music. I just honestly, just keeping it hundred percent. I just have not been able to discern really good classical music for myself. Yeah. Okay. You know, I can jazz, even country, you know, punk rock. I can, I can listen to yeah. it and say, okay, that's a good song, that's a bad song. When I hear classical music, it all sounds the same, with yes. the exception of the, the, the blatant classics. Yes. So, yeah, I would say this. That when that woman had us listening to classical music, like, everybody in the gym was just looking around like, Cootie, are you going to change this or what? And I was like, can't. <laughs> You know? <laughs> you know so yeah so that that would do it that would do it i mean i i can matter of fact i'll say this it's harder for me to listen to no music and exercise than it is to listen to the worst music okay <laughs> the worst music i'll figure something out to because as a creative sometimes i can draw inspiration from things that i don't like because if you think about it even as a trainer if you think about it like if you see somebody doing something that they don't like like for instance that's one of the things in hindsight now that I'm thinking about it that should have let me know that I could have been a great trainer because even before I was a trainer, I hated seeing people exercise with improper form. Yeah. So what I'm saying is when there's something that makes you, that disturbs you so much when it's not in order, that's usually speaks to whatever your calling is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so if there's, if there's, if there's music, that's bad music, I'll listen to it and go, this song would be really better if they put a drum beat on it. Or if he changed the chord from a G to an E, you know, I'll think about those things. And then sometimes I'll even write a song in my head, listening to a song I don't like. Okay. <laughs> and if you could pinpoint your best memory of your fitness journey so far, 
Mm. I know you've obviously got thousands, but if you could yes. pick one. I will be, I, I do have thousands. Um, the one I would say that was the spark that let me know that, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing and how to do it well. I had a client, still a dear friend of mine. Um, this, this man was in his late 70s when I got him and he was in very dire shape. I didn't know how bad his condition was. I should have known when the, when the owner of the gym pulled me aside and said, hey, look, be on top of your game or you'll kill this guy. <laughs> and I was like, what? So I remember approaching him very scientifically. He was on beta blockers. Um, he had a pacemaker. He had had, you know, two or three open heart surgeries, uh, high blood pressure, cholesterol meds. I mean, just a laundry list of these things. And I, and he came to me, basically, I found out later, he came to me, it's kind of a last dish effort. Like, okay, I've got about six months to live. Let me just try exercise. And we just happened to get paired together, right? And so I didn't know any of that stuff. I just knew that this guy was in delicate condition and he was a senior. Fast forward about six months later, um, one day I'm in the gym and his wife came in with, and his wife wasn't a client, but I would let her use the treadmill sometimes. Just, you know, just, yeah. just, just, you know, use the treadmill while I'm training your husband. She came in, she gave me a card and she was, you know, so almost teary eyed. I get the card and it's a huge thank you. And I was just like, thank you for what? She said, you know, for what you did with my husband. And I said, I just am doing my job. You know, she said, no, you don't understand. And then she explained to me the condition he was really in. And she said he had six months to live. He was on blah, 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 blood pressure meds, blah, 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 cholesterol meds, blah, this, that, this, and a third. Now he's walking two miles on his own. Now his meds have been cut almost 75%. The doctor doesn't understand what's going on. And it's because of you. And inside, I was just crying, man. Yeah. I was just like, I was so humbled. She was like, this guy would be dead. And now he's got a new lease on life. And I told you, that was almost 15 years ago. He's still here. Wow. We're still friends. <laughs> and I'm getting goosebumps as I'm talking about it. Like that, that was when I knew that I actually had a gift. That's when I knew, okay, I know what I'm doing here. And um and from that point forward, the confidence that that gave me to help as many people as I could, that was it. So that's probably my best fitness memory. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, obviously, so would, you know, that leads on to my next question, um, which would be your best compliment? Would you rate that up there? Oh, yeah. I mean, any time, you know, the best compliment is when somebody who knows the person that I'm training sees me for the first time, you know, because... I'm, I take the word personal very serious when it comes to personal training. Yeah. So typically, if you're with somebody two, three times a week, guiding them through some of the most intimate personal struggles, right, you become part of their circle. Yeah. Totally so, so, you know, you, know, you get invited to the wedding or you, that, that you're training them for. You get invited to a birthday party. So I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in an event and somebody goes, oh, you're such and such as trainer? Ah. And I'm like... Oh, wow. Like you, because they have seen the transformation, not knowing what's happening. And they go, oh, you're the one responsible for them. Or when someone's family member, like I said, a wife or a parent comes to me and says, my son has never looked better. Or, you know, when that happens, that's, man, I've done my job. That's my report card. That, that and the doctor, what, the doc, what their doctors have to say. When their doctors say, hey, you know what? Oh, I'll give you one, a recent, a recent memory. 
I had a client that had their insurance allowed them to go see a nutritionist. Now, I was slightly offended at first when he said, I'm going to go see a nutritionist because I'm a nutritionist. But I said, you know what? Hey, go ahead. Because what I was hoping was maybe he would learn something that I didn't know and I could incorporate. He said he went to the place. He said, man, Cootie, these people gave me this 300 question questionnaire. I answered all these questions. They took my blood. They ran through all the tests. And they gave, they gave me the analysis. And when we sat down, she said, do you know what they asked me? I said, no. She said, they asked me, why are you here? <laughs> They're like, why are you here? You don't need us. <laughs> and that was a huge compliment to me. Yeah. That the fact that, you know, went through this whole thing, this whole arduous thing. And just because this person was following my protocols, a new, you know, these clinical nutritionists who had this whole program ready for them were just like, you don't need, you don't need any, you, you don't need us. <laughs> <laughs> now that's fantastic. And you obviously mentioned earlier, you know, a role model, uh, Bruce Lee. So would you say he's your only role model or do you have others? I, I mean, I'll tell you this, I learned from everybody. I, I, I respect history, I respect trends. So when people have been here before me, especially if they're involved in things that I either am involved with or want to be involved with, yeah. I listen closely. I can't run away from the fact that, you know, I've got the experience that I have in terms of life. I'm about to be 50, so I find myself kind of being a lot of people's elders most of the time. But even with that said, I learned a lot from the people that are younger than me. You know, cause, young, cause young, I, was, I was a young, when I was in the music business, I was one of the youngest people doing what I did. And I remember how much I strove to be taken seriously. And I had good ideas and good contributions. And, and the few people who, willing, who were willing to gave me the opportunity to have all of this. So I think about that when I'm looking at people who are younger than me, I don't dismiss youth at all. Um, yeah. I try my best to, guide youth you know in the ways that i know can help them but at the same time i let them be and i learn from them i learn from them because at the end of the day they're gonna they're gonna be here you know if everything works out the way it should they're gonna be here more longer than i will so yeah. i so so i think i think that's some of what kind of keeps me young too is just that you know i pay attention to youth i honor youth i respect youth. so yeah. my role models the younger you are the more i pay attention to you because like my daughter for instance you know she's a kid I learned a lot of lessons about how to be in life or reminders of how life can be if you simplify things to the way a child sees things. So I use my experience to not make certain mistakes in repeated fashion. Yeah. And I try to pass that on to the young people. But that that curiosity about life, that um, optimism that exists when you're young, that invincibility. Hey, I, I, I love watching. So kids are my mentor. <laughs> <laughs> nah, fantastic. And I'm going to give you some, no, in fact, before that, um, I'm going to ask you, so how do you motivate yourself on a bad day? That's, a really, good, that's a really, really good question. Really good question. Um, how do I motivate, motivate, how do I motivate myself on a bad day? The way I motivate myself on a bad day is the first thing I do is I stop. Just pause. Just pause you'll be amazed at how 10 seconds of just silence and breathing just changes the dynamics of everything again we're biological creatures if i'm feeling kind of uptight think about this when you're feeling uptight when you're feeling anxiety when you're not feeling the way you should you're not you're rarely breathing deeply when we cry 
when we're angry, <laughs> we're not breathing, right? Yeah. When we're scared, we stop breathing. You stop and start breathing. And think about it, when you're at your most relaxed is when you're asleep. You ever watch somebody sleep and watch how deep they breathe? Yeah. So oxygen is our primary fuel source. Even before water, before food, it's oxygen. That's why our bodies don't allow ourselves to just decide when we're gonna breathe the way we decide when we're gonna drink or eat. Because if that was the case, we'd be dead. <laughs> so stop and breathe. Giving that oxygen to your brain, all of a sudden your brain starts functioning better. The things that seem so crazy start to settle down. And then I prioritize, okay, is this thing gonna kill me? No, if it's not gonna kill me, I'm not even gonna worry about it right now. What's most important right now? What's, mo what's the most important decision I can make right now that'll make today better than it's been? Accomplish that one thing, just that one thing, breathe, Pause, accomplish that one thing. And then before you go to bed on one of those days where it's just not a great day, think about the thing that you accomplished, pat yourself on the back. Think about the thing, that, think about the one thing that you could accomplish tomorrow that'll make tomorrow immediately better than today was. And have that top of mind. And then just think about whatever makes you happy. Your favorite song by Sum 41, um, a call from a friend, um, your favorite TV show, your favorite football team wins, whatever it is, think about that, smile, go to sleep and start over in the morning. Ah, fantastic. So I'm gonna give you some quick fire questions. All right, so I gotta give you a quick answer, right? Yeah, so what do you prefer, cardio or weights? Give me the question one more time. So if I put it in another context, running or lifting heavy? Ah. I prefer lifting heavy. <laughs> okay. What about CrossFit? Yes or no? Uh, I like to watch the CrossFit games. CrossFit okay. will get an old man hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. Love that. And okay, for yourself personally, burpees, yes or no? I haven't done exercises in a while, yes. Yes. Okay. If you were training your client, would you give them burpees? You know what? I will disguise burpees in another exercise, but I never give my client burpees. <laughs> never give my client. I'll disguise those, those movements and they'll be like, is this a burpee? But I'll never just be like, do burpees. Nah. <laughs> I like that. I like that style. <laughs> Take it. Yeah. <laughs> What do you prefer, squat or deadlift? Deadlift. Okay. Now, it's been an absolute pleasure um, to have you on the show, Cutie. But another question. So for yourself, within music and, you know, your personal training, your business is growing. So in the next year to five years, where would you like to see your business grow? I would like, in the next five years, I'd like to see the Six Week Super You program help as many people as possible. As many people as possible. Um, I, starting this year, actually, starting next month, I'm gonna start uh, lecturing. So I'll be, I'll be on the speaking circuit really heavy in, in, in February. So that's already starting to happen. Um, there will be a book. You know, I've, I've been begged for years to write a book. There will be a book. Um, 
but if my but the legacy of helping others is precisely where in five years I want BYBD to be synonymous, whether it's music, whether it's fitness, I want it to be synonymous with being the touchstone point where people were like, you know what, before I came across this guy, this program, you know, I couldn't figure it out. He unlocked it and now I am doing the best I've ever done. If that's what I go down in history for doing, I've done my job. Now, fantastic. And if you could give any advice to anyone starting a fitness journey for the first time, what would you say to them? Start. Start. It, you know, the, 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 we can figure out how you finish, but start. Just get started. And if you're having trouble figuring out how to motivate yourself to start again, for free, if you talk, if you say you, you heard me right here on this podcast, for free, hit me up in my direct messages. And I promise you, I will, I will give I will have a conversation with you that I promise you will give you something that after that conversation, if you simply do what I asked you to do, you're going to be better than you were. Start. Now, fantastic advice, Kitty. And before we round up, have you got any questions for myself? Man, um, can we do this again sometime? Absolutely. So, um, so maybe halfway through the year, you know, once you've started doing, you know, you know, lecturing, uh, talking, and I've actually got a question, another one. <laughs> you know, I, I could no talk problem. all night. No man. Yes, I'm here. I'm here for you, man. I could talk all night. So you mentioned your book. So have you written your book already? Um, so the rough draft of it is done. I'm editing it now. So okay. I'm editing yeah, it now. That's cool. So what we'll do is as soon as your book is finished, it's ready to be published, ready to hit the stores, ready to hit digital as well. We will get another podcast on and then that way we can increase the sales. <laughs> hey, I, I, I humbly appreciate it, man. Thank you, brothers. It will be great. It will be my honor. Nah. Um, and then just a wee recap of all your social media and maybe your website just for the viewers, just in case they missed sure, it. Sure, sure. The quickest way to get me is on Instagram at K-U-T-I-M-A-C-K. Um, you can find me on Facebook, though, B-Y-B-D Fitness. And uh, on online, my website is B-Y-B-D-Fitness.com. B-Y-B-D stands for Be Your Best Daily. The way I look at it is like this. Your, your best day can start right now because a day is just a 24-hour period, right? So if you have your best day, right, and you repeat that seven times, you've got your best week. If you have your best week and you repeat that four times, you've had your best month. If you have your best month and you repeat that 12 times, you've had your best year. If you have your best year and you repeat that 10 times, you've had your best decade and so on and so on. And if you trip up at any stage in that, in that whole process, you start over, have your best day, your best week, and so on and so forth. Be your best, but all you own is today, right now. So be your best today, and the rest will take care of itself. No, thank you. Thank you, it's been great. Thank you, cheers. Oh, it's been an honor, man. This has been awesome. Hey, hey man, it's good to talk to a homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right, now.